encourage you. Uh, most of you, you might have seen them when you came in. But there's tables at the exits. There's tables at the exits that have devotional books on them. We're going to have a Bible conference next month. And uh, we have 21 days until the Bible conference. 21 days until the Bible conference. And, uh, and it is my goal to help you fall in love with your Bible. I want you to understand your Bible is the most precious possession that you have. Do you realize the closest thing you have to heaven is sitting in your lap right now? Are y'all with me? Say amen. And your Bible has power. Your Bible, listen, it can, it, I, you, I'm just not going to, you just trust me. You need to love your Bible. Amen. And uh, so I have taken Psalm 119 and taken various verses out of Psalm 119. It's the longest book or longest chapter in the Bible. And it's all about the word of God. It's all about the truth of the scripture. And, And there are 21 just small, real small devotionals in there that I want you to take between now and our Bible conference and read them each day. And we're going to go through this as a church. And so stop by. I think they've got enough for one per family if, if you can do that. And uh, you say, why one per family? So you will do it as a Do it together. Amen. And so stop by and pick one of those up. I think there's a table at every exit, I do believe. Uh, so make sure and get that. I want to go through this together as a church family. And all God's people say it. Listen, grab your Bible. John chapter, and by the way, it looks like this right here. If you're wondering what it looks like, this is it right here. All right, so pick that up, pick that up as you go home today. And also we have our invite cards for the Bible conference. Uh, uh, Make sure and pick those up and let's be inviting uh, uh, the unchurched to attend, okay? All right, John chapter number four, and we'll begin in verse number one. John chapter four, verse number one. I had an awesome experience this week that's kind of catapulted this particular message today. And, uh, and so, and, and I'll get into that in just a minute, uh, but I want you to know I've got something burning in my soul right now, burning in my heart. And I've done found this out. You got to go with what's in you. You just got to go with what's in you. Whatever God is putting in you, I found this out. God's going to let my cup run over so you can get what's in the saucer. <laughs> And, and my cup is running over. And so I want to I wanna share with you what's in the saucer today. And so let's do that. John chapter number four in verse number one. When you get there, say amen. amen. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard, look what they heard, that Jesus, what's that next word? Made. made. All right. Jesus made. Say that again. Jesus made, made and baptized more disciples. So what was Jesus in the process of doing? He was making, say it with me, he was making disciples. He made more than John. Though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Now here here is a significant verse that's many times overlooked that I'm not going to overlook today that I want to share with you because I think it is very, very significant for us. And he must needs go through Samaria. He must needs go through Samaria. If you look up that word, uh, must needs, and those two together, it it is the word that means he's got to. He has to. It's it's very imperative that he do this. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well... And it was about the sixth hour. 
There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For the disciples were going away into the city to buy meat. Now look at verse 9. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith that they give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Yeah, I feel a little preach coming on. Amen. If, you know what, I wanted to title this, If You Only Knew. Amen. But that's not what we're going to do. All right. Let's pray. Let's pray and I'll let you sit down. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to be here. My soul, I'm so excited. I've loved every song today. It's ministered to my heart. Oh, what a blessing. What a blessing. This is my story. This is my song. Oh, I've got a story, Lord. I've got a story. Lord, I pray that you'll help us now as we we glean from your word, as we learn together. I pray that we'll experience your presence in this place. I already have, Lord, I already have. But but Lord, even more through your word and through the scriptures, I pray that we'll learn. We'll not only learn and be educated, but Lord, we'll be edified and we'll be encouraged. We'll, We'll be set on fire to go and do what you've called us to do. And God, we'll thank you for it and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. <clears throat> I want to, I want to, I'm going to tell you right off the bat uh, 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 an experience that I had this past Friday, and, uh, and, 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 this, and then you'll understand why I'm going into what I'm going into today. Uh, we have been learning in DMD, in teaching, DMD is Disciples Making Disciples. Say that with me. It is a new ministry that we have begun to, to uh, uh, do everything we can to develop people, to develop disciples that go out and make disciples. I'm not trying to make church attenders. I'm not trying to make uh, uh, more, more uh, knowledgeable in, in the Bible people. I, I, I want people that's going to, on purpose, be committed to go out and make other disciples that make other disciples. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And in this training, we've learned to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We've learned to uh, 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 share our story uh, with everywhere we go. And, and, and we've got a little track that we're making now for everybody. It's really cool, really great. And I'm going to share with that later. Uh, but, but this is one thing that, that we have learned, that God is always working behind the scenes when it comes to disciple making. We are not on this thing on our own. He said, lo, I will be with you Always. In other words, this, this, this job of disciple making is not all up to me. Matter of fact, it's more up to him than me. And he's working behind the scenes before I ever get there. And the people he's working with, there is a term that we are using in DMD, uh, and it's called a pre Christian. Say that with me. A. A pre-Christian. That's somebody that God is already working on and God is already dealing with before I ever get to them and they are just before being a Christian. Are y'all with me? All right, now, we've learned, we've learned not just to share our story, but we've learned God to, we've learned to ask the Lord, lead us by the power of the Holy Spirit to a pre-Christian to a pre-Christian. 
In other words, Lord, help me, help me uh, get, not, not overlook, because we're going to witness to everybody, but help me to move past the, the, the fruit that's not ripe so I can get to that one that's ready. Does that make sense? And so this, this week, uh, we, have, we hold each other accountable. We hold each other accountable. And we, we have an I will for the following week. In other words, because of what God is showing me and telling me through his word, this week I will, and you just fill in the blank, right? Whatever it is God's telling you. Well, this past Thursday, I, I meet with about eight pastors in the community, and we're trying to band together. I know some people think we're all fighting each other, but that's not the case. There are some that want to work together, and we're doing that. And, uh, and, and, and on Thursday, I said, I, I really feel like that God wants me to ask him to lead me to a pre-Christian. Instead of, now watch, here's the difference. Here's the difference. I've been saying, Lord, give me boldness to share my story. Right? Give me boldness to share my story. Well, I've moved it up a notch. I moved it up a notch because he has given me boldness. Man, I've been doing it everywhere I go and whoever. It don't matter who it is. I said, now, Lord... Lead me to a pre-Christian. Lead me to a pre-Christian. Is everybody following me so far? Okay. That was Thursday. So I, I made the commitment. I made the I will. I will ask the Holy Spirit to lead me to a pre-Christian. Friday morning, I woke up and I prayed that prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, help me. Lead me to a pre-Christian. Lead me to somebody who needs to hear my story, who I can share the gospel with. And so throughout that day, uh, later on, I went to the gym <clears throat> and, 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 and I went by myself and, and, and I went like two or three exercises and it was boring. So I quit. <clears throat> <laughs> I'm just telling you the real deal. I'm telling you the whole story. I'm not going to leave nothing out. And then I remembered, I remembered that sauna thing in there where you go sweat off fat. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. So I went in that sauna. And I'm sitting there, and I'm by myself in that sauna, and, and, uh, and, and my, my ear things wouldn't work because uh, I guess the, it just wouldn't work through my phone, so I was playing solitaire in the sauna. And uh, a young man come in the door, come in the door, and, uh, and uh, I, I, just, I just engaged him. I said, how you doing, young man? He said, I'm doing fine. He said, are you Malcolm? Better watch where you go. People know you. He said, are you Malcolm? I said, yes, sir. And then he, he said a, the dreaded question. Do you recognize me? I didn't lie. I said, son, I'm telling you, I'm sorry. I said, my memory's terrible. I said, the lighting in here is bad. <laughs> Amen. You know. And he told me his name, and, and I recognized him, and I said, oh, my goodness, I haven't seen you in several years, and it's been since he was in high school, and, and he'd grown up a little bit. I said, man, I feel old. How old are you now? He said, 20 years old. And, uh, and I said, well, how's things been going? He said, well, he said, I, 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 I went off to school, and, and, and like many, many teenagers that leave high school and get away from their parents, sometimes they, y'all know, I don't have to go into that. Uh, uh, and, and, he, and he said, I come back and I'm trying to get straightened out and I'm, I'm back in church. I said, man, that's great. I said, tell me about that. Tell me about that. And I'm already feeling the Holy Spirit saying, this is your pre-Christian. And he begins to tell me his story and everything. And, and, and I, I said, well, let me tell you my story. 
So I shared my story with them and, 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 and uh, how I came to Christ. And I said, let me ask you a question. Did you, get, did you get saved before you went to school or when you come back? And he said, he said, he dropped his head and he said, well, he said, to be honest, I hadn't done that yet. I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I began to share God's story and the gospel. And I said, let me tell you something. This is no accident. I said, I prayed for this to happen today. I prayed for this to happen today. I prayed that God would lead me to somebody who I could share my story with who needed me. And, and make a long story short, I said, would you like to pray and ask Jesus to save you today? He said, I sure would. No, 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 it gets better. <clears throat> There's like two seats in, the, in that sauna room, and I'm like on the very top, so I get down on that other seat right across from me, and we're fixing to pray, and the door opens. And somebody, a little young man comes in, and, and I'm thinking, man, this is going to ruin everything. I thought, I'm just going to roll with it. So the young man came and sat down. I said, son, how are you doing today? He said, I'm doing good. I said, you get to go to church anywhere? He said, yeah, temple. <laughs> God is my witness. He told me his parents' name. I said, well, look here. This young man's fixing to pray and ask Jesus to save us. You want to pray with us? He said, yes, sir. All three of us in the sauna praying, asking Jesus to save us. People walking by us going to the showers and we're in there praying, asking Jesus to save What's the point? God answered a specific prayer to lead me to a pre-Christian who needed Jesus. Now here's the point. All y'all need to be doing it. God did not call us to build a church. Not one scripture does he say go build a church. Not one scripture does he say go plant a church. Everything says, go make disciples. Say it with me. Say it again. And when you go and make disciples, churches will form. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now here's what I want to deal with today. We need to be just like Jesus. Say that with me. Say it again. Say it again. Watch what it says, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. In other words, everything in your life is working together. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything is working to accomplish a And what is that purpose? Verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his in other words God is allowing things in your life after you come to the knowledge of, the, of salvation in the Lord Jesus Christ he allows things in your life good things, bad things, sad things happy things, hard things, easy things, all these circumstances happening in your life to develop you and hone you and conform you to the image of his this verse tells me God wants you to be just like Come on, just like Jesus. Now watch the next verse. Look at your notes. Look at your notes. Philippians 2, 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So what is it saying? He wants you to think. 
Come on, say it right. He wants you to think just, come on, you don't leave just out. He wants you to think just like Jesus. All right, Romans 13, 14. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. That means whatever he was, you be. Amen? Uh, 1 Peter 2, 21. For even hereunto were ye called. Even hereunto were ye called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us and... In other words, God wants you to be... In other words, God wants you to be... He wants you to love. He wants you to behave. He wants you to think. He wants you to behave. He wants you to act. He wants you to seek out sinners. He wants you to make disciples. And all God's people say it. Are we? Are we? Let's see. Let's see. I start, this is where I started. Matter of fact, I started in Matthew this week. I started in Matthew. I was going back to the, the, to the, the Sermon on the Mount. Sermon on the Mount. And the title was going to be, Don't Be a Hypocrite. Because it is the first time we find the word hypocrites in the New Testament is there in Matthew chapter number 7 where we were going. And, and, and we're going to get to there. We're going to get together. So, so you hypocrites, be ready. <clears throat> That's where I started. That's where I wanted to go. This happens on Friday. And, and man, God starts working in my heart. God starts working in my heart. And, and, and so I, 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 I go to another subject about sharing our faith. And I wanted to go to John 4 because this is one of the greatest examples that Jesus gives. Jesus is our, come on, Jesus is our, and this is one of the greatest examples in John chapter number four when Jesus is dealing with a Samaritan woman at the well. And, and so I'm, I'm torn between two and I'm working on both. I'm praying and I'm, I'm here at the church and I'm working on this stuff. And Dustin asked me, I, I, left, I left the church about six o'clock yesterday afternoon and, and Dustin said, well, which one did you pick? I said, neither. And he sent me that little emoji with the big wide eyes. Amen. <laughs> he didn't know what I was going to do. But this is how I started. I started here and I began reading John chapter number four and, and, and what Jesus was doing and how Jesus was doing that. And that verse stood out to me like crazy. He must needs go through Samaria. He must needs go through Samaria. And so I begin to backtrack a little bit. I begin to backtrack. Why must he needs go through Samaria? What's the big deal? Because you see, uh, there were two other routes. There were two other routes that they could go from Jerusalem back to, back from Judea, back to the, 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 the area of Galilee where they were by the Sea of Galilee and they lived and Jesus did most of his miracles. They would not go through Samaria because they felt like that would defile them. And they were a wicked people and they were people that God had thrown out and they hated each other. The Jews hated the Samaritans, and the Samaritans hated the Jews. It was a mutual situation. And most of the time, they would cross the Jordan River, go up past Samaria, and then come back across because they didn't even want the dust in Samaria to be on their feet. But Jesus said, nope, I got to go through Samaria. He was compelled to go through Samaria. Are y'all with me? In other words, there was a reason. We know the reason. We know the reason. It's not hard. That woman was there. All right, but, but what? How, how was he compelled to go? So let's go back. Let's go back. In the book of Luke, 
in the book of Luke. I've got it in your notes there if you've got your notes there in front of you. But we're going to see the process of Jesus' ministry. We're going to see what took place and, and how that God expects us to be just like Okay, here's the thing. Write this down. Write this down. We're going to see Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and then we're going to see Jesus in the center, okay? Jesus' relationship with the Holy Spirit, and then Jesus' relationship with the, with the center, uh, the woman at the well here. All right, so first, what was the first, first, very first thing that took place? All right, the very first thing that took place in Jesus' life and Jesus' ministry before he ever preached his first sermon. Okay, before he ever did anything, before he ever, listen, anything took place in his ministry, the first thing that happened, write this down, write this down, he received, he received the Holy Spirit. He received the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that when he was baptized, that the Holy Spirit descended from heaven and lit upon him in the form of a dove. In the form of a dove. Now, I don't want to get too complicated, but I got to give you this little nugget right here, okay? And just, just put it in whatever, however you want to take it. But how many of y'all remember, how many of y'all, why was it a dove? Why was it a dove? Why was it in the form of a dove? What was, what was the picture here? How many of y'all remember when Noah was in the ark? <clears throat> you remember when he was in the ark and, and, and the rain had quit, but there was still, and he was trying to see, is there any land out there? Is there any land out there? So he let, a, he let a dove go. And the dove came back. You know why? Because it found no place to rest. Because a dove will not rest on death. But he let a raven go. A raven will eat dead flesh. And a raven has no issue with that. And when he let the raven go, it never... Because there was dead bodies everywhere. But the dove couldn't find any life. So it, because it won't rest on death, it only rests on life. Y'all starting to get it? And, And when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove descended from heaven... And listen, he found the resurrection and Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the, whoops, amen. But that don't have nothing to do with the sermon. But that's cool, isn't it? And so at that moment, Jesus is in his humanity. He received the Holy Spirit. The same thing that happened to the Christians on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter number 2. Now this was a change. This was a huge change in the history of humanity because all through the Old Testament the Holy Spirit would come and he would he would never dwell permanently with any humans. That's why, that's why David said, oh, he prayed when he messed up with Bathsheba. He said, Lord, take not thy Holy Spirit from, because he knew that the Holy Spirit was not a permanent thing. And y'all know that the Spirit departed from King Saul, right? But for the first time, for the first time in the history of humanity on this earth, 
The Holy Spirit came and indwelled a human, and that human was the Lord Jesus Christ. And he, oh, hallelujah, he would be the first of many that would have the sealing and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So if we're going to be just like Jesus, we have to receive the Holy Spirit. Say that with me. We have to. Now, when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, it was, a, it was a fulfillment of Isaiah 11, verse number 1. It says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Remember, that dove, he don't rest on death, only on life. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, Isaiah 42, 1. Behold my servant, this is both are talking about the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, whom I uphold, mine elect, in which my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. Isaiah 61, 1. This is, matter of fact, this is the verse that Jesus read when he came out of the wilderness. Y'all with me? 40 days in the wilderness. Can you imagine how that brother looked 40 days in the wilderness? He didn't brush his teeth for 40 days. He didn't take a shower for 40 days. He had nothing to eat for 40 days. There was nothing appealing about his look. Can you imagine when he walked into the synagogue and picked up the scriptures and read this in the eyes of all the people? It says in Isaiah 61.1, The Spirit of the Lord God is... The Spirit of the Lord God is... Because the Lord hath anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. What's he saying? When he read those scriptures, he said, this is now fulfilled in your eyes. He is telling them, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now what about us? What about us? Look what it says in Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and ye shall, come on, ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? At the moment of salvation, you receive the Holy Ghost. Let me say it again. You receive the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost comes and dwells with you. Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost, whatever term you want to use, the Spirit of God comes and you receive Him. He dwells in you. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, now for y'all, for y'all, I know this is coming. I know this is coming. Oh yeah, that proves you got to be water baptized to receive the Holy Ghost. Now, keep reading. Keep reading. Go on over to Acts chapter number 10. And you'll find out that the Holy Ghost comes upon Cornelius and his family before they're ever baptized. The Holy Ghost comes when you receive the Lord as your Savior. When you place your faith and your belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, you receive the sealing of the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So if we're going to be just like Jesus, we have to receive the... Are y'all with me? Number two. Number two, look at the second thing that takes place. Look at the second thing that takes place. That was Luke chapter three. The spirit of God came, he received the Holy Ghost. Then B, he was then filled by the Holy Spirit. Luke 4, one, Luke 4, one, this is after his baptism. After he received 
the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, and Jesus being full. Say it with me. Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. All right? Now, here's it for y'all that don't understand this or don't know what this means. Being full doesn't mean you got a lot of him and you're running out. It doesn't mean like a full glass of water. The word here means influenced by, controlled by. And we see the, the verse we're, we're fixing to read about us. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be, come on, be filled with the Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? It just as a drunkard is influenced and controlled by the alcoholic drink, God is saying, I want you to be influenced and controlled by the Holy Ghost. What that means is not that you get more of the Holy Spirit, but that the Holy Spirit gets more of you. You surrender your life. You totally submit to his direction and his guidance and his influence in your life. Does that make sense? So the Jesus, Jesus received the Holy Spirit. Now he is completely, watch this now, watch this, I'm going somewhere. He is completely submitted to the Holy Spirit. I know what you're thinking, but he's Jesus. Yeah, but he said, not my will, but... He said, I always do the things that please my father. I must work the works of him that sent me. Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business. Woo, say amen. So at that moment, when you say he's full of the Holy Spirit, that means he's completely submitted to the Holy Spirit. Now watch what happens. Number three, I'm a hurry, I'm a hurry, I'm a hurry. I'm telling you, we got to be just like Jesus, but you got to know what Jesus was before you can be just like Jesus. Amen. Now, he was, he received the Holy Spirit. B, he was filled by the Holy Spirit. And after he was filled by the Holy Spirit, he was led by the Holy Spirit. Write that down. Write that down. Watch this. Luke 4, 1. Luke 4, 1. And Jesus... Being full of the Holy Ghost. Brother John, come up here a second. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. That means he is influenced. He is controlled by. He is completely submitted to the Holy Ghost. Then it says, he returned from Jordan and was led. Say that with me. And was led. All right. Now watch this. Now watch this. What does that mean? That means that after Jesus, all right, when he received, all right, you're going to be the Holy Ghost. Do what you can. <clears throat> all right. Now, at his baptism, he received the Holy Spirit. Okay? He received the Holy Spirit. Now, in his feeling, in his feeling, now he is submitted to the Holy Spirit. He completely surrenders to the Holy Spirit. Whatever he says, I do. Y'all see what that means? Now, now, now get in front of me, get in front of me. There you go. Now I'm going to be. So where he tells me to go. Come on. Where he tells me to go, I'm going to. When he tells me to stop. When he tells me to speak up. When he tells me to share my faith with somebody sitting on the floor in Walmart. Yeah. 
Let me tell you what's wrong with so many Christians today. They're being led in their life by their emotions. They're being led in their life by their own lusts and desires. They're being led in life by the culturalistic opinions of man and not being led by the Spirit. I'm telling you this is a fact. Because in the next couple of points, you're going to see where and what the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to do. Amen. Now, do I need to explain this anymore? Y'all get it. He received. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. At his baptism, at his baptism, Jesus, come on, Jesus received the Holy Spirit. When you got saved, when you got saved, you received the Holy Spirit just like there comes a time in your life where you learn this. You learn this, that you need to submit to the Holy Spirit in your life. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. You need to say, Holy Spirit, you have me wherever, whatever. Now, this is what this is what don't work. Now, Lord, I'll do this, but not. It don't work that way. That means you're still full of you. And you can't be full of him till you get empty of you. And some of y'all are going through hell because God's trying to dig you out of you and you stubborn. But he can't fill you till you empty you of you. Unless a man will take up his cross, deny himself. Listen, that cross is for crucifixion. That cross is not to have a picnic on. That cross is to die on. And until we're willing to die to ourselves, deny ourselves, he cannot fill us and us be completely obedient unto him. But as a, as a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's in you and he's wanting to prompt you. He's wanting to, all right? But you have to submit. You have to be filled with the Spirit. Is everybody with me here? And as we're filled with the Holy Spirit, just like then we'll be led by the Holy Spirit just like Jesus. Just like Jesus. Let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. <clears throat> Romans 8, 14. Look under C. Romans 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the... What's leading you? What's leading you? Are your bills leading you? Trying to keep your head above water because your finances are, is really in control of your life? Once you do this, once you begin to submit to the Holy Spirit, let Him lead you, and He'll take care of them bills. Because He may lead you to sell what you can't afford. Anyway, that's a whole different sermon. <clears throat> I can't run no rabbit because I got to finish this. D, write this down. Look in Luke. Now, y'all see it's just in progress right here. At his baptism, he he received the Holy Ghost. And by receiving, he submitted completely to the direction, so he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Just like Jesus, we are filled. Don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. All right? He's led by the Spirit. 
He's led by the Spirit. He's following the direction of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. After the wilderness experience in the, in the fasting, Luke 4, 14. And Jesus returned in the... Come on. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Now, what does that have to do with us? We're supposed to be... We're supposed to be... Watch this. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus says, wait for the promise of his coming. He says, but ye shall receive. Come on, ye shall receive. Ye shall receive. Power. When? After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You know what I found out? I found out this, that when I receive the Holy Ghost, there's a power inside of me, which is the same power that brought Jesus back from the dead. There's a power in me that I cannot even imagine or fathom. God has given me the ability to have his spirit. And with his spirit, I have his power. But I cannot, I cannot, listen, I cannot utilize his power if I am not totally surrendered and committed to being filled with the Holy Spirit. We have power. We have power. Are y'all getting this? We got so many Christians walking around with their head between their legs. Listen, walking around, feeling sorry for themselves, walking around, tripping over their bottom lip. You need to pick that bottom lip over and throw it over your shoulder and say, God, I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of being weak and anemic. I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit because when I'm filled with your Holy Spirit, I'll be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I need power to raise teenagers. A bunch of it. And all the teenage parents say, man, or the parents that have teenagers. Amen? I need power to deal with that person at work that finds my nerve. I don't mean to look at you, Jalen. You're a cool guy. It was just an accident as I come by. Amen? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Let's be honest. How many of y'all could use more power in your daily walk? Watch this, watch this, watch this. You remember when I, when I said I, I can tell if you're being led by the Spirit or not? Remember when I said that? Y'all don't remember? Watch this. John 4, 1, that's where we started. At his baptism, he received the Holy Ghost. Then he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he, I, I need to use the same word. It's the same, do y'all understand? Holy Ghost is the Holy Spirit. Same thing, Okay. He received the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then he was led by the Holy Spirit, which enabled him to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now watch what he did. John 4, 1. When you dare say amen. Amen. When therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more. So what was Jesus doing? What was Jesus doing? He walked on water, but it was in the process of. He fed the 5,000, but it was in the process of. He healed the lame and raised the dead, but it was all in the process of. 
Now, you know what this tells me? That if you receive the Holy Ghost, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, if you are led by the Holy Spirit, if you are empowered by the Holy Spirit according to Acts 1-8, you're going to receive power to be a witness. And if you are led by the Holy Spirit and empowered by the Holy Spirit, you will make disciples just like And if you're not, I got to wonder, are you being led by the Holy Spirit? Now, I know what you think. I don't know where no sinners are. Number one, you're lying. Have you asked God to lead you to one? I woke up Friday morning. I said, Lord, now this ain't because, this ain't because, now you say with me now, I'm not trying to be super spiritual. Y'all ought to know that by now. I'm not on no high horse. I'm not, and, and, and by the way, I'm not asking you to climb a ladder that I won't climb myself. I'm leading you by example. Everywhere I go, if, if you've seen me, if you've seen me at, at, at the, the waitress at, at, in the restaurants, every drive through I think I've given a, my story track to every single person in Taco Bell. <laughs> and I know what you're thinking. Oh, you're supposed to be on a diet. Mini skillet bowl, 180 calories. Come on. <laughs> That's right. I'm doing it, Will. Hey, hey, Austin, he gave me that, uh, Johnny gave me that workout thing too. I didn't do very good with it. You're going to have to help me. But everywhere I go, but I said, Lord, Friday, Lord, lead me to a pre-Christian. You know what I did? I was just going through my routine. Well, actually, that was like a new one. That was my first day in the sauna. Amen. But it was, I was going through life. I wasn't in a tent meeting. I wasn't preaching in a church service. I was playing solitaire in a sauna. And God led me by the Holy Spirit. Now watch how this works. He didn't just lead me. He led that young man. And and the Holy Spirit was working behind the scenes like I didn't even know. When that young man, that other young man walked in the door, I thought, oh man, this is going to mess everything up. And the Holy Spirit let him be from Temple. Y'all with me? So if we're going to be just like Jesus, we got to be, we got to have the Holy Spirit. We got to submit and be filled by the Holy Spirit. It means let him control us. Say what he says, go where he goes, do what he does. If, if, the other day, the other day, I was walking through Walmart. I had to go, not Walmart, McDonald's. I, I, I don't know why everything I have is, has to do with food, but it is. I didn't even order nothing this time. I had to go to the doctor in, in Madison and I walked through and, and there was a young man. You could tell he was homeless and, and he was probably on something, but he was just like half asleep holding a, a little New Testament. Holding a little New Testament. The Holy Spirit said, you need to talk to him. I went to the restroom, washed my hands and everything, and I was leaving. And I walked by him and he, was asleep. he looked like he was asleep. So I'm not going to bother him. I got to the door and boy, the Holy Spirit. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I turned around and went all the way back and sat with him and talked with him a little bit. And, and I wasn't able to lead him to Christ. He said he was already saved. But maybe it was just the Lord 
wanted him to have something to eat that day and me to be obedient. Y'all with me? Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's go to the second thing. This is where, really where I wanted to get to. But we can't accomplish the second thing if we don't get straight to the first thing. We're never going to have a right relationship with sinners in our life if we don't have a right relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because it's the Spirit that deals with the sinner, not your good oratory skills. And some of you are afraid you're going to mess it up. You can't mess up what you're not doing. Right? How many? Oh, man, we need some more time. If I get, maybe, how many of y'all, how many of y'all have heard the story of me and my grandmother when my grandmother got saved? Yes. How many of y'all have never heard that story? Never heard the story? Raise your hand so I can see it real high. Oh, my goodness, that's a ton of people. Okay, how many of y'all are scared sometimes that if you try to witness somebody, you're going to mess it up? Raise your hand real high. Be honest, there's a bunch of us. Look, look. Let me help you with that. Let me help you with that. I surrendered to preach when I was 17 years old. Okay? I was 17 years old. Scared to death, scared of people, shy as all get out. I don't even know why God called me. I honestly don't. To this day, I still don't know because I'm still shy to this day. And my dad would have me preach every single Wednesday, uh, whether I wanted to or not, whether I liked it or not, whether I'd read it or not. I was going to preach because he was kind of old-fashioned. He said, well, the only way you're going to learn how to do this is just get in there and do it. Get her done, son. That's Redneck University. So I'd go up and I'd share my little <laughs> devotion, a little message. I, I'd, I'd, I'd have 10 pages of outlines and it'd take three minutes to get it done. Times have changed, amen. <laughs> and I'd come up and do, do, do my outline and then I'd go right back down and sit down and dad would do the invitation, you know. Old time church preacher had to do everything. He'd come around front and he'd call for sinners to come and pray, whatever. One, one particular and, and by the way, I prayed for my grandmother my whole life that she'd get saved. She'd come to the Christmas pageant every single year. Every single year she'd come to the Christmas pageant. And man, I've been, I've been baby Jesus in the manger. I've been Jesus 12 years old confining the wise in the temple. I've been jackasses and donkeys and angels and Jesus on the cross. I've been everything in the pageant. And every year I'd see grandma out there and I'd pray that she'd get saved. That childlike faith. And I just knew that was the year, man. She's going to get it this year. And every year she'd leave. Well, one particular Wednesday night, Dad said, all right, son, me and your mama's going to take a break. We're going to Cocoa Beach, and you got the whole thing. I said, the whole what? <laughs> he said, you're going to preach and do the invitation. I said, I can't do that. I ain't never done that. He said, well, you're going to. <laughs> I scared to death. And so here dad's gone. I mean, I got everything. If the building burns down, it's me doing it. <laughs> and so, so here we go. I'm getting ready. And I, I remember this day. I mean, the images in my head. I'm standing up at the pulpit going through my nose, nervous to death. And I look up and y'all ain't going to believe who walked through the door. My grandmother. And she walks in. I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. I don't know what happened to that childlike faith because I didn't have an ounce of it that night. And I preached my little message and I'd seen my dad do it a million times so I come around the front and I stayed in the front. I'm so ashamed of this. 
And I'm doing the invitation. I'm holding my arms out wide. I won't even look up. I'm scared to look up. I wouldn't even look up. And I said, if you need to come, come on down, please come. If Jesus is speaking to you, you come. And on the inside, I'm saying, don't nobody come down here, please. I'd beg, oh, Jesus, don't bring nobody down here. And y'all know when somebody gets close to your proximity, you realize you're in the presence of somebody. So I opened one eye and there was feet at my feet. I looked and I looked up and it was my grandmother. It scared me so bad, I didn't know what to say. I mean, I didn't have anything spiritual to say. All I said is, what do you want? I'm not making an ounce of this up. She said, I want to get saved. I couldn't remember anything. I couldn't remember the Romans road, the Ephesians bypass. I couldn't remember nothing, man. All that come to my mind was John 3, 16. I said, Grandma, for God so loved the world, she quoted the rest of it. I said, that's all you need to know. Let's pray. She prayed, and I went and called Dad. I said, Dad, I think Grandma got saved, but you need to call and check and see if it took. Amen. I don't She never missed another service. She's in heaven tonight because I fumbled around and messed up everything, but the Holy Ghost was doing the work. And if you're afraid you're going to mess it up, you're not leaning on the Holy Spirit because it's not you doing it anyway. I did, matter of fact, I did everything wrong. But the Holy Ghost was doing everything right. I don't have time to do the rest. We'll catch up next week. All right, just, just, just put a to be continued on this because this, this is enough for you to start practicing right now because you ain't doing it now. Now, here, here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I want to do. I wanna, do, y'all have that, do y'all have that thing that Clayton made for me, that, that slide? Put that up there. Let me be honest with y'all. And I'm not meaning this in no derogatory term whatsoever. Okay, so I don't want nobody to get upset at that. I'm just, te- I'm, I'm just trying to help you understand times are changing. Okay? I've been here 20 years now. I think this is my 20th year. October will be 20. See, it'll be 19 or 20. I don't know. One of them. That's a long time. And that top number, that top number is about what we have. Probably a little more than that if everybody come at the same time. That's, that's this campus. That's not counting Fairview. But if everybody comes at the same time as that or, or more. And it took 20 years to do that. I spent 20 years to get y'all here. And that's cool. And most, most every pastor in America would be tickled to death with that. And I'm thrilled. God has blessed me so much, I'm telling you, it's just unreal. We made a commitment several months ago to do more than just have church. But to actively, on purpose, be disciples that make disciples that make disciples. Because there's way too many churches in America that are entertainment centers and not training centers. Every believer is a disciple. Every disciple is a disciple maker. 
Every disciple is a potential church. And every church is a training center. It should be. And so we presented the idea of making disciples. And we had 261 showed up at that that initiation service or, or introduction, vision, whatever you want to call it, who showed interest in being a disciple that makes disciples. And we had 21 commit. So we go from 2,500 to the 10, 261 that showed interest, and 21 that committed. Now, most every church in America and every pastor in America would give all their toes to have that top number. But it seems to me if our primary purpose is making disciples, and a disciple, a true disciple, is one that makes disciples that's filled with the Holy Spirit and making disciples, sharing their faith and leading others to do the same, then we've kind of dropped the ball. If we can only get 21 committed out of 2,500 to be a true, blue, biblical, scriptural disciple that makes disciples, we've got a lot of work to do. And this is what I'm sharing with you. I'm sorry that this is boiling over into our Sunday morning worship, but I got to go in my heart. And I got to go with what's hot in my soul and what's burning in my spirit. And this is what I'm going to tell you. This is what I'm going to tell you. It took me 20 years to get that top number. And I'm going to spend the next 20 years moving people out of that top number into that bottom number. So all I can tell you is get ready. Because God is going to start touching some of you. Because you're going to see the benefits and the blessings of being a true disciple that makes disciples. I, I was walking this high off the ground when I left that sauna. I told everybody, I can't wait to spend some time with this young man. And teach him how to do the same thing. I said, son, I said, you probably know, you probably know a bunch of people that needs what you just got. He said, oh, yeah. I happened to run into this same young man at the ball game, the football field, Friday night, which was about, I don't know how long after. He done told his friends. When's the last time you told somebody? That number's great. But if all you're doing is attending, no wonder Coleman's going to hell. Trying to make us feel bad? Yeah. You know why? We're running out of time. Now, if this was something that was very, very difficult to do, I'd feel, I'd feel a little pity. But God showed me something so huge Friday. I didn't force anything. I was just submitted to his leadership. Whether he come in that sauna or not, I was going to be in that sauna. I just rolled with the flow. And God made everything happen. Y'all got to stop letting the devil tell you this is hard because it's not hard. You just have to be willing to be submitted 
to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But you're not going to have the leadership of the Holy Spirit until you're filled. He's not going to lead if you're only halfway submitted. He cannot lead till you are fully submitted. And you can't be fully submitted to the Holy Spirit. You can't, let me say it this way. You can't be fully submitted to something you don't have. So some of y'all need to, 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 to shake the religion you got. And go ahead and get the Holy Ghost. Amen. All right. Just save that outline. We'll, we'll, we'll start where we stop next week. Lord willing. And all God's people say it. Stand your feet. <clears throat> Whoo, I'm sweating all the way to my socks. <clears throat> God's up to something big, guys. God's up to something big. I cannot tell you the change that's come into my life and the excitement that I have in the new vision. And just to be honest with you, I, I went through a time of depression. Brother John, a time when, when I really couldn't see. I've never been without vision. Never. I was coming to fill in. As a fill-in preacher, I was already seeing where we could knock doors out or knock walls out to expand. That's the God's truth. I could always see the next step. I could always see. But I went through a time I couldn't see. It was dark. I'll be honest with you, I can't tell you how many times I wanted to quit and thought about it. But this has given me so much joy and excitement and new vision. So be patient. Don't get upset. Because I can't lead you if I don't have vision. And without vision, the people. So just pray. Here's what I need you to pray. God, help me see the vision you're showing preacher. Say it with me. And I promise you this. We are going to turn Coleman upside down. And all God's people say it. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for the ability to come into your house.